Hello, and welcome to another episode of Indoor Environments. I'm uh, Bob Krell. I'm the founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors Magazine, and I'm joined by Don Weeks, who is the uh, president of the Indoor Environmental Quality Global Alliance. Welcome, Don. Good morning. How are you today? I'm doing well. I want to point out that this show is a joint uh, production of uh, ISIAC, the International Society of Indoor Air Quality and Climate, and the Indoor Environmental Quality Global Alliance. So... How are, how are things in uh, Ottawa today? Ah, nice, uh, nice and rainy. So <laughs> we're getting a lot of rain the last couple of days. So, but other than uh, us, that, it's a uh, it's nice fall. Uh, us too. I mean, we're yeah, we're only like a couple hours apart, so it's uh, yeah. Sy Syracuse is rainy and gloomy today too. So anyway, we have a great show today. We're going to be talking about uh, personalized environmental systems, which I think is just really fascinating technology and something that's probably going to be a lot more prevalent in our future. So I'll, I'll let you do the introduction of our guest, Don. Yes, uh, welcoming Dr. Bjorn Olson to the show. Uh, Dr. Olson is a professor of the International Center for Indoor Environment and Energy, Department of Environmental and Resource Engineering in the Technical University of Denmark. He has one of the world's leading research groups related to the influences of indoor environment on people. Welcome. Thank you. Hello. And hello here from uh, Copenhagen. It's sunny and nice, no rain. <laughs> wonderful, wonderful Perfect. Copenhagen. There you go. Yeah. So I wanted to start with a little bit of background on you. Uh, you have a master's uh, degree in civil engineering and a PhD in laboratory of heating and air conditioning from Technical University of Denmark. How did you become interested in indoor air quality and in particular PECSs? Well, my, my, my start on indoor environmental quality uh, was uh, uh, my late uh, Professor Fanger, which uh, a lot of people knows uh, in this, uh, when I still was studying, he asked if I needed a summer job to run some, help him running some uh, experiments. And I said, uh, yes. And since then I have uh, uh, worked with the uh, influence on, uh, on people of the indoor environment. At that time, uh, we were very much focused on the, uh, thermal environment and then later we uh, also focused on the indoor air quality and how does uh these personalized uh, exposure control uh systems work or environmental control systems work what 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 are they and how do they how do they interact with the indoor environment yes um the reason why we we uh, of course, got, got interested in, in, in that is that uh, we could see uh, from uh, our basic study that there are large individual differences from what you prefer regarding temperature and uh, ventilation and other stuff. So we have always looked for how can we make the indoor environment more individual? And in this way, uh, uh, get more people satisfied with the indoor environment. And a personalized system means it's a system which can control locally on the individual uh, thermal comfort, air quality, lighting, uh, and acoustic. Now, not necessarily all the four parameters 
um, at one time you you best know I think as a personalized environmental control system a simple desk fan that that is really under your own control and that can give you some increased air velocity that can uh, give you a little cooling when it gets hot. You can also take task lighting as an example of uh, individual control uh, system. But what we are looking for is, of course, uh, really dealing with all these four parameters. So uh, you mentioned Dr. Thanger. I, I remember his lectures uh, back in the 1980s and 90s. He was talking about those types of systems in that, in that time frame, if I remember correctly. Uh, and as you say, you, you worked with him on, uh, you know, on some of these type of tasks. So your, your center there has been working on this for more than 20 years, 25 years, actually. Yes, even longer. Uh, we had was around the energy crisis in in 73 mm -hmm. uh, one of my colleagues uh, he constructed a uh, heated chair and could show that using this chair you could lower the ambient temperature a couple of degrees and then save on the general heating so so that was uh, already in the 70s we we kind of started looking at it but it was uh, later where it really took off in the 80s, especially one of my colleagues, uh, Professor Arsene Melikov. Uh, he has driven a lot of the research we have done on personalized system. And he worked especially on what we call personalized ventilation. So how does a personal ventilation, personalized ventilation look other than the fan that you mentioned? Is it, it goes beyond that, I would think. What, else, what does it really look like? Yeah, there, there are different uh, uh, types of, uh, of, of systems. Very much you work with, uh, what we have worked with very much in detail is the uh, personalized ventilation because Normally when you ventilate, uh, you ventilate the whole space, but people are only using maybe 1% of the outside air. The, the rest you could say is waste. So if you could uh, give the outside fresh air directly to the breathing zone of people, uh, then you could save a lot of uh, outside air and in that way also uh, uh, energy. So, one system look at that look so that uh, each workplace they have a uh, an air uh, outlet an air uh, supply uh, directly with fresh air which they can control the direction maybe the the amount of uh, airflow and what you have to look at here is normally when we have an air outlet for for a air conditioning system or ventilation system uh, we often want to have uh, entrainment of room air so we get a complete mixing uh, but in our case here we want that the fresh air goes directly to the breathing zone without any uh, room air getting into it Mm -hmm. So you have to look at this uh, aerodynamics, uh, fluid dynamics to, to get that uh, correct. Another thing, uh, technical thing is that people, 
when you're sitting, you're warmer than the environment, so you create an airflow along your body. Um, and you have to break through that, so the air velocity has to be high enough to break through that, so you get the fresh air. But on the other hand, it cannot be too high because then people are complaining about draft. So, so, so one symbol is, it's not simple, just to provide a, a clean outside air directly to the workplace. So, so I'm assuming that, that the uh, diffusers or discharge uh, diffusers would be configured totally different than in a conventional uh, heating and air conditioning system, right? We're normally in an office environment. They're usually ceiling mounted and they're four directional and they're, they're dispersing everywhere. So this is, I'm assuming the discharge is close to the occupant. Yeah, it, 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 it's normally, uh, there has been work on many different ways to find what is the optimal position of the, uh, uh, of the outlet. And, and, and of course, it's, it's much smaller. Uh, we, we are talking about 10, 15 centimeters in, in diameter. So, but but uh, you have to, to make it so, as I said, so you don't get uh, so much uh, entrainment of the uh, of the room air, but it also has to be there so it doesn't disturb people. Uh, so what what we have seen is the best position is a little above the head of the uh, of the person, and then the air is directed towards the uh, uh, the breathing zone. So of course, this type of system is is for people who have sedentary work. Of course, if people are moving around, it 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 will not uh, it, it will not work. I was wondering and, uh, when you say that they personalize a system, and you mentioned fresh air from I assume from the outside, um, it, it, you know, climate uh, outside will you know vastly change over a period of time in many cases. Sicily, places like like Denmark and in, uh, in Canada, and even Syracuse. Sometimes it's too hot, and sometimes it's too cold outside. How, how do you model? How how do you get that into a personalized system? What what do you have to do to be able to use that outside air? Uh, yes, uh, th that's a uh, you could say that's one of the difficult things. Now, when we talk about, uh, we we talk a little about later about the thermal side, heating, cooling. But let's just talk about the. Uh, Let's say the air quality and the breathing of fresh air. Uh, you're right. You need to have a, a conditioned air because uh, uh, the temperature of the air you breathe has a significant influence on how fresh you uh, you feel it. Uh, so normally you would you would uh, uh, take the air when it has been uh, either preheated in winter or precooled uh, in summer. Uh, so it goes kind of, you can say, kind through the, the, the general system. And that has been one of the problems uh, because then to get the kind of ducting to each workplace and so it looks good architecturally, uh, the environmental design looks good, is complicated and uh, can also be costly. But if you take, for example, I know it's, pretty popular in the US in office building, but also in Japan, uh, a raised floor, uh, on the floor air distribution, uh, 
Mm -hmm. If you're using this type of system, then it's more easy because you can, for each workplace, you can just uh, uh, put a duct down uh, in the uh, in the plenum, uh, and then you will get an air at a conditioned temperature. Interesting. There are then there are then possibilities that the system itself, like a desktop system, could have some built-in heating. Uh, it, it, so you can adjust the temperature individually of the air that you are uh, getting. So that is a, a, a possibility. You could use electrical uh, heating for that. But you have normally we would serve the air uh, cooler than the environment. If the air starts getting warmer, then warm air times tends to go upwards and you may not reach the breathing zone. So the temperature of the air has also an influence uh, on the efficiency, how you reach uh, the breathing zone with the air. But, but one thing we are, we, are, we are looking at nowadays is also uh, maybe you can use uh, cleaned room air. Mm -hmm. So you, you just have uh, air cleaning uh, at, at, at the work desk when we talk about particles and filtration and virus, which are particles, you can have a good uh, uh, filter. So the air you breathe has been cleaned. There's also other gas phase air cleaning. Uh, you want to kill bacteria, UVGI. So, so there are some possibility, maybe not to serve outside air, meant to serve cleaned room air, which... Uh, I think uh, have some possibilities uh, in the future, and there's some uh, things we are working with also uh, at the moment. Well, in many places around the world too, the outdoor air is not cleaner than the indoor air. India, yeah. you know, we're bringing in outside air is not fresh air; it's highly polluted air. So, yeah. in that environment, you're recycling maybe gas sorbent type filtration. Yeah. Yes. But that's uh, that's uh, that's relatively new uh, that we have started with that, and um, critical is here uh, how much energy you are using for that, because we don't really want to uh, increase the energy use with personalized system. One of the idea we had is you can decrease energy use okay. for heating, cooling, ventilation because we use less air. But if we start using a lot of energy because we have a, a big pressure drop over filters in the individual systems and so on, um, so the energy balance uh, is something you have to look at uh, uh, also when you uh, uh, do the systems. So I, I noted at the uh, recent uh, Climate 2022 conference, you and your colleagues presented a paper entitled Development and initial testing of a personalized environmental control system. Can you tell us a little bit about the findings of that paper? Yes, this was um, is a development we we are doing on. Uh, this here is like a, a desktop system, which will have uh, uh, cleaned uh, room air. It could also be outside air, depending on on uh, your your ambient system if it's easy to get the outside air to each workplace you can use that 
but we're also working with the possibility to have a cleaned uh, room air. And uh, on this system, uh, we also have uh, heating. Um, often, people, when they complain about getting too cold, uh, is often on the lower part uh, of the body. So the, the heating system is focused on heating the lower part of the bo body. So under the table, we have uh, uh, panels, uh, radiant panels uh, for heating. So, so you use electrical uh, energy for uh, have a radiant heating on the lower part. Uh, we also looked at using uh, uh, different forms of, of, of uh, radiant uh, heating. So, and then we had the uh, uh, ventilation, the personalized ventilation. And here, uh, one of the things we wanted to look at was um, if it's possible to cool the supply air. Uh, cooling is always uh, the, the, the problem. It's easy to heating because you can use electrical heating, but cooling is, is uh, uh, a bigger problem. So we were working uh, with an idea of using something called the Peltier effect, where you also, by uh, uh, having a current or electricity, can make uh, so you cool down, but then you also get heat, heat you have to get rid of, uh, because that would help in satisfying the individual uh, differences. So, so we were doing a testing of uh, such a system, how efficient was the heating? Uh, could we obtain any, uh, let's say, cooling by this electrical Peltier effect? Or how was the cooling you got just by the air velocity uh, from the air? So, so that was something we, we, uh, we started. And what, what we study is often we study first, we have a thermal mannequin. Uh, that's a, uh, uh, you can say it's a normal kind of display mannequin you're using for, for dress up with clothing. But uh, this mannequin we are using, they are equipped with uh, a surface heating system. So they simulate the same surface temperature as a human being. So this effect of the warm body, when we do measurement, uh, we can use this mannequin to to simulate uh, the human being. So we had a study here with many uh, subjects who also gave a response uh, on the uh, performance. So what we found was that um, for the heating part, uh, for the thermal comfort, we could significantly uh, change the uh, uh, perceived uh, uh, temperature. And we, we were looking at a new radiant panel, which was uh, like uh, rounded, so it had a bigger angle factors uh, to the body. But what we also found was that the cooling of the supply air uh, did not work uh, as it should. Uh, we didn't get enough cooling. Some of the electronic that was built into the system uh, heated up the air again. So this construction was not working uh, well. So I think that that was some of the goal, but also some of the things that came out of uh, 
of this uh, and we got then some idea to uh, to continue uh, the uh, development or make it uh, more uh, efficient so th those um so the cooling devices they were localized at the uh the outlet point near where yes. the occupant was so yes. so the heating and cooling was all taking place right right there it was cooling heating and cooling of, of, uh, it, it was cooling of, of the air that was supplied the heating was not uh heating the air but it was like a radiant heating panel just to provide heat on the lower part of the body yes so yes okay. like under the table mm -hmm. yeah well, it sounds interesting. You expect, I imagine, to do much more research on these types of units and, and make some changes, particularly with regards to the cooling uh, portion of this uh, device. Yeah, the, 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 the cooling is the, uh, the, the tricky thing. Uh, of course, you can get, uh, by increasing airflow, you will uh, get some cooling. But the airflow we are normally using is an airflow directly directed towards the breathing zone, so it will not hit a big uh, surface area of your body. Uh, so if you only wanted the cooling effect of the air velocity, a, a table fan would probably give you more cooling hmm. than the air outlet with the cleaned or fresh uh, air. And you have a you have a diminishing return with that too when you're blowing the air in somebody's face because you can only have so much velocity and then yeah. that right that's perceived as uncomfortable by the occupant. Yes, it it's one thing is this is personal control. Oh. So uh, the, what what the occupant accepts and so um, is a little different that if somebody enforces it on them. Uh, they are more inclined to accept higher air velocity if they have the control. But there is an effect uh, if you have uh, an air velocity in your face uh, for a longer time, it may dry out your your eyes so you feel discomfort uh, for this uh, reason. So they are limited to how much uh, air velocity you can expose on, on the face, yes. Interesting. So I my understanding is that the... That the um... These uh, PECSs have been in use since the early 2000s. However, there's not been widespread use of these. Uh, can you tell us why they have not been implemented in more workplaces? Yes, there has been uh, there has been systems on the, on uh, on the market. Uh, one of the first that was on market was from uh, a major uh, U.S. Uh, company selling. Uh, control, ventilation, and uh, air conditioning. And they had, uh, this time it was called a task ambient system, uh, where you you could have some white noise, you could have increased uh, air velocity, and there was some electrical heating, and there was lighting. So it was like a works uh, station. Um, and it, it, it was on the market, uh, but I don't know when it was taken off the market again. I think one problem was it was not really for ventilation. You could increase air velocity, but you didn't get fresh air. So it was not very much focused on the indoor air quality. But, but it was a system on the market. Uh, we had in Denmark uh, an European ventilation company who also had a system on the market uh, 
they went on the market in 2008, but that was just the time where all new buildings stopped. So the, it, it, it was not a good time to come on the market uh, with, with the system, which were, I think the first cost would be more expensive than a general uh, AC and ventilation system. So uh, we had some installation, uh, among other, in Syracuse at a, at a bank. And we had also two banks in Denmark uh, where people are sitting often at their PC and desk the whole time. And, and they, they worked uh, satisfactorily. We had a study also to find out uh, the acceptance and... Uh, Everybody was satisfied uh, by using this uh, system. But uh, the sales was not high enough, uh, so we could go on the market. So, so now um, there, there are many. We, we just started. Um, the International Energy Agency uh, have a group uh, uh, called uh, Energy in Building and Communities. And they have different annexes with different work with different topics related to to energy and indoor environment and we just started a uh, annex on a personalized environmental control system as i said research has been going on for 10 20 years so with this we are now trying to gather all people from around the world who has done some research or doing some research on, on this and uh, in this time combined our efforts uh, to make it more applicable uh, in practice uh, in, in the future. And there's a big interest in this annex, which has just started. Uh, I think for the first meeting, we had more than 60 people mm. from all over, from Asian, from U Asia, US and, and, uh, and Europe. So we are now really trying to uh, give a push uh, for these type of uh, systems. A and uh, we have talked a lot here about uh, uh, heating and ventilation. Uh, we are also, but it's not talked about so much, also have the, the lighting and the acoustic. On the acoustic side is, of course, you, you don't want to make noise with a personalized system. But where it could be used is you could have masking noise uh, in, in open plan offices so you're not disturbed uh, by the other people. Um, uh, task lighting, as I said, is, is one of the first personalized uh, systems you can think about. But today you can do a lot with lighting. Uh, you can have light therapy. Uh, you could give people uh, a special type of uh, frequency light sometimes during the day, uh, which may have the same effect as going out in the sunshine. We have seen that the color of light has a, a short-term effect on people's perception of uh, warm and cold. So you could think about when people come to work, uh, they are a little high activity. In the first half hour, give them a little blue light so they feel a little cooler. But it is a short-term effect. We are talking about half an hour or so. Some people think you have a long-term effect, but you don't. So, so I think there are many interesting things also with uh, 
personalized light, uh, which in the future can uh, uh, bring such systems uh, forward. That that's fascinating too. So, and with the personalized lighting, would that be something that would be uh, automated to the extent that it would it, it would be since since an occupant comes in the space and maybe changes the color temperature based on a timing interval? I, I so that, think that would be something that they wouldn't necessarily be fiddling with themselves, right? In real time. No, uh, no, and yes, uh, I, I think it would be uh, automated uh, in in a way that it will be pre-programmed or, or whatever. So, so, uh, but then if people one way or other don't like it, they should be able to interfere and change that. Mm. But, but I think we are working a lot with the control. And we had, uh, you just talk about the paper at, at the Klima conference. Uh, we also had another paper, mm -hmm. which were looking more on the automatic control and personalized system and going in the direction what they do in the automobile industry. How can we um, take into account the individual who is sitting now at the workstation. Can we make a, a personalized comfort? Nowadays, when we design our indoor environment, we, we design mainly for an average person. First of all, we don't know what type of person comes into the space and so, and you may have uh, several persons in the space. So we're looking at an average person. But we would like to control and design for uh, an individual. So we would like to see how can we make this control more automatic by having sensors for the environment, but also have personalized sensors of skin temperatures uh, as, as one parameters. So the second paper was really to look at a kind of personal comfort model. Uh, so by some uh, personal indicators, it could be a skin temperatures and others, um, it would recognize what pe which person is sitting there. And to get data for how this person wanted, uh, you need to use uh, machine learning, artificial intelligence. So by time, you learn to you know this person, and now you can make it much better automatic control. But it should always be so the person can interfere, can go in and, and change if, if they want. You, you know it from the car industry. Uh, they are also working with that. So uh, the indoor environment in the driver's seat and in the passenger seat can be quite different. Uh, and sure. it uh, recognizes now who is now driving from the key. Is it the mm -hmm. wife or is it the husband? And setting uh, the settings accordingly. So this is something we were working with in, in the second paper to start looking at, at this. And that's a big factor for occupant comfort, right? Having some control, some autonomy, whereas, you know, currently the way we have mechanical systems designed mostly around the world, the, the individual in a space and workspace has no control of what their climate control is. You know, it just, it, it's pre-programmed, it's going by some master control and people kind of, you know, that. They don't. They have fixed windows in most most commercial environments, so they don't have the ability to open a window. They don't really have the ability to control their climate at all. So, so yeah, that, the, the psychological part is probably a big piece of this, right? You know, feeling it, that you it, have some control. It, it's a big piece, 
but on the other hand, we also know people don't want to control all the time. If they, if they, if the system was not well designed and so, and they had to do the control all the time, they will be disturbed. So if the system is perfect, they don't have to control. But there must be a possibility for them to control. You are right. If they don't have this possibility, they will be, yeah, they they will not be so uh, acceptable for the indoor environment. So to be able to go in and do changes regarding if you have a radiant heating thing or setting of the uh, air velocity of the outlet and and, and other things, uh, that should be possible. But if we can make as much as possible with automatic control, I think that will be an advantage also for the people. So uh, this is uh, interesting. From what I'm hearing from what you've just talked about in terms of the two uh, systems that were uh, started up uh, by companies in Denmark and in uh, in the United States, th those are not currently available. Are there other commercial PEC systems that are on the market? Yes, uh, there are uh, different uh, systems uh, on the market, uh, both in, in, in Europe and the U.S., uh, 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 there has been some development, uh, for example, uh, on, on desk fans. Mm -hmm. uh, there are many more desk fans now which can provide increased air velocity at a low energy use. So there has been focus on how can we reduce the energy use for, for the fans to, to increase air velocity. So that's uh, one thing. There's... Uh, uh, I think a company, I think in, in, in the Netherlands, uh, uh, selling uh, workstations with built in uh, lighting and also uh, uh, some uh, heating and uh, ventilation uh, outlets. So, so there are systems. And, and one system I haven't talked about, which also is a personal light environmental control system, is uh, a chair. There are chairs on the market, a heated and cooled chair. Mm -hmm. Heated chair is not so difficult because you can have electrical heating even with batteries. So you don't, you don't need very much heating because you're not trying to warm up the person. You are trying to reduce the heat loss from the person. So the person still wants to lose heat. So, so you don't need very much uh, heating. Again here, the cooling is the, uh, the the critical thing. Uh, some cooling on, on a chair can be, you have a small fan in the back which are sucking air out. Um, that also helps uh, when you are sweating, you will evaporate better. And so, so there are chairs on the market uh, for heating and cooling. Um, I know both in Europe and in, uh, in, in the US. So, so there are uh, systems on, on the market. Uh, what I would like to see is, and I don't think that's on the market, like a desktop, you have like a unit you just can put on your desk and then you have uh, some heating and cooling and some uh, 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 cleaned air uh, and a good uh, lighting. You mentioned uh, you mentioned an annex to that the uh, International Energy Agency is working yeah. on. Yeah. Uh, is there expect expectation that they'll may have a paper as a result of that annex? Uh, 
Oh, there will be plenty of papers. Plenty of papers, okay. Yes, we we have uh, we will have on the next uh, AIVC conference uh, beginning of October in Rotterdam, where we will have a, a topical session. Uh, later on this year, we will have uh, you can stream a webinar also from AIVC uh, on PICS. Um, we have several. I don't know how many, but several PhD, PhD students from around the world who will be involved and who are working on uh, things related to a personalized system. And PhD students, they have to publish. So I'm sure we will see an increase in, uh, in publications. And as I said, there already exist a lot of publications uh, which... Uh, uh, can be used. We are working on, let's say, like a state-of-the-art publication, also looking at the last uh, 15 years' uh, uh, research. Oh, great, great. Um, so do these systems have some applicability in, uh, in households? Well, mainly the source has been uh, using them where you have sedentary work, uh, as I said, uh, bank, uh, offices, uh, there's a lot of pla places where you could use them. But but now that uh, here during the pandemic, uh, a lot of people have, yeah, they had to work from home all over mm -hmm. the world. And you may not really have the best working conditions uh, in your home. So, so I think uh, it, it's it's what I think is not a market a market analysis of it is that uh, there will be a need for making sure that people have work, good working conditions at home. There will be more and more people here after the pandemic who will work from home a couple of days a week, uh, and that means the company will probably cut down on square meter office space. They will not have space for everybody. But then on the other hand, um, I know we are discussing that in Denmark, uh, isn't the company then responsible for making sure that they have a good working condition at home? And if you had such a desktop unit, you could just put with lighting, everything, uh, that will solve that need. That So you, you're from your company, you get this uh, unit, you put on your uh, uh, home desk uh, for your working condition. So. So I, I think that there will uh, be a market, uh, and especially now, after the pandemic, where working home, you will work home more than you did uh, earlier. So, so <clears throat> currently, most of the PEC systems are they're static, right? They're 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 designed to be installed, and it's a permanent fixed installation. So what what you're what you're uh, suggesting now is more of a uh, a, a very uh, almost utilitarian type device that can be moved around and put pretty yeah. much in any configuration. That that makes sense because also uh, it seems like we're evolving how the workplace is, and and it seems like uh, areas need to be multi-purpose now, and you know things are changing, and even our architectural design. Yeah. Yes. And and, and the uh, and of course if if you if you have a unit that, that you let's say easily uh, you move around. Uh, uh, then uh, 
it's very difficult to get the outside air directly to the workplace. Then, then we come into to the possibility of cleaning the room air by filtration or gas phase uh, air cleaning. But I certainly see that as a, as a good uh, a good uh, option. I don't think there's anything on the market yet on that, but uh, I think in a couple of years we will see that uh, also. And, and that. Um, um, that cleaning of the air and remove particle will, of course, also uh, reduce uh, the risk during a pandemic of uh, uh, cross-contamination. One of the things we have studied almost the most is uh, the risk for cross-contamination between people at a workplace. Uh, because if you have your personalized, now I talk about ventilation. So either you get directly outside fresh air or you have cleaned air uh, coming to a breathing zone. Then you are not breathing somebody else's air. You are breathing uh, fresh or cleaned air. And here again, uh, I talked about our thermal mannequins. Uh, they are a little more sophisticated because they can breathe. They have uh, an outside lung, uh, but we can breathe. Uh, they can breathe through the nose or through the mouth. So when we study the effect of personalized system on cross-contamination, we, for example, can have uh, two of the mannequins sit sitting at each of their workstations. One, we say, is the one who is, uh, is uh, sick. So we put a tracer gas in the expired oh, wow. air of this mannequin. And then on the other, we can measure how much of this expired air is being inhaled. And then around, beside the personalized system, you may also have a general ventilation. And now we can exactly say what are the risks for cross-contamination. And I think this is uh, certainly something that will be of interest, uh, especially for this personalized uh, ventilation. That's fascinating modeling, being able being able to do that, especially now in light of you know ha having dealt with this global pandemic. That's that's information that seems to be super valuable to be able to really quantify. Yeah. Yes. So I was wondering, you had mentioned a pandemic, and a lot of the companies that uh, that are working on redesigning their workspaces are are trying to become pandemic proof. And I'm not sure it's possible, but you know that's what their aim is. Will 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 a, 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 a PEC system protect you or protect the workers in a pandemic situation? It will if everybody has one. Mm -hmm. Because if let's say if there's only that two person has a system, then uh, the others uh, may get infected by the the air they are exhaling. So, so here you should then talk about, and that's something which are being discussed also. One is the air supply to the breathing zone. But how can you remove the exhaled air so it doesn't disturb the others? If all the others, they had also a personalized system, so they, then they would be protected. But if there's somebody who doesn't, then there will be air in the environment uh, from the exhaled air from the others. Mm -hmm. So. It could be an idea also to look at 
how can you remove uh, exhaled air? So currently, the systems don't really incorporate the uh, the uh, exhaust ventilation in those personal environmental systems. Well, there's exhaust ventilation in the general ventilation. Okay, it's, but, but it's but there's general. No, there's no local exhaust. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's how we look at it. And so, so one one of the now I just see you with uh, with the microphone here at the side. Mm -hmm. We have also worked with introducing the air directly to the mouth. Oh, so, uh, and we have seen positive uh, effects uh, uh, on that. So the air comes in. Uh, you have some tubing coming uh, and goes out. The same with the microphone uh, is. So almost similar to the way somebody would take uh, have oxygen provided, you know, in a yeah, hospital but setting, not, but, yes. but not, not as invasive. Obviously, not stuck in your nose. No, it's 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 just that it is uh, uh, clean air, not many particles or other sure. substances. It, it's we always have enough oxygen in the air. Many sure. people think that uh, the problem is less oxygen. That's why we need to open windows and ventilate. There's enough oxygen. Could you could you follow up a little bit on that one? Because I, I know there's a lot of people asking about. You know, should we be opening windows and safe classrooms in in North America? And uh, I hear what you're saying, but how do how do how can you address that concern that they're not getting enough oxygen? Yeah, but they think they're not getting enough oxygen. Right. Right. Yes. But the the concern is that they they have uh, air with very high CO two concentration, maybe a right. lot of VOCs and other stuff, and and you basically want to dilute that down to concentration which are not uh, disturbing for your learning efficiency or for your for your comfort it, it's it's rarely that it's a question of oxygen then you go down in submarines um, where they may have very high co2 levels uh, still within health limit um, there you may be able to talk about something with oxygen but in normal spaces not really yeah, we'll have to have you back to the talk about that one because I I I know that there's been a lot of discussion in here, in particular in in, in schools, you know, with CO2 uh, monitors and and all sorts of other things, opening windows, and 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 so we'll talk about that perhaps another time. But yeah. uh, I was because <laughs> that's a whole nother topic. Yeah. Um, are are there any standards addressing uh, PECs at the moment? Very very little. Um... I think in ASRI 55, it has been discussed. Uh, I don't know how far they, uh, they are. Mm -hmm. uh, we have in, uh, in an European standard, in an ISO standards, uh, which are more or less the same, which we are just, just now starting to revise. We have in the, in the guideline to the standard, not in the normative text, but in the guideline to the standard, we have introduced um, some uh, uh, requirements to personalize systems. Some um, first uh, design uh, guidelines, but this is really lacking. And that is something we want to get out of this work uh, in the annex. Mm -hmm. Because the design here is is different. 
as I said earlier, normally we design our spaces for an average person. But now we have to design for an individual. So we have to know something about uh, what is the range of individual preferences. Oh, how big a temperature range can we expect people to want the setting? And the same with, uh, uh, with the air and maybe also with uh, uh, the lighting. So we have to know more about individual differences. We have data about that. Uh, so I think it should be designed so we can, let's say, operate plus minus minus three degrees C, uh, which is uh, uh, a lot. So this is a critical thing to, to uh, how do you uh, in, design for an uh, uh, individual or how can you make the system so an individual can find its comfort temperature? Uh, and that you have enough uh, capacity for heating and cooling, and so so you you can uh, meet those requirements. So now we have to start looking for from data we have uh, how big the differences are uh, between people. And the idea is, and that's one of the topic also of this annex work, that we should come up with some. Uh, uh, better uh, design uh, guidelines. And so we will do that at the same time as the standards are being uh, revised. Uh, the question also is, we say, okay, if you, if you provide the air directly to the breathing zone of people, then we don't need to ventilate so much. Uh, we can decrease uh, the ventilation rate with a factor 10 or so. But how do you prove that? And here we are talking about what we call the ventilation effectiveness. And that is uh, how efficient the outside air is getting to the breathing zone. Uh, for most systems we work with today is fully mixed. So this uh, has an efficiency factor, you can say one. Uh, we have something called displacement ventilation, where the air is coming in at the floor at a little lower temperature than room and slowly moving upwards and pressing out the outside air, we may get up to an efficiency of 1.2. So you can reduce the amount of it outside air with 20%. But for personalized system, we are talking about uh, an efficiency of two to three. So you should be able to decrease the amount of outside air with a factor two to three. But we need to have a testing method to show this uh, ventilation effectiveness and what you do is uh, you you can do it with tracer gas and so but we need to set up a test procedure so it can be evaluated and not just a postulate from uh, manufacturers and so you mentioned a guideline um is that guideline available uh can uh, people who are interested in this subject be able to download that well well there is uh, that uh in the guideline to the standard, there is basically two pages on picks with some design criteria. So it's very uh, little. Very little, yeah. Yeah. yeah but, so that, that you know that may come in as part of this annex, as you yes, mentioned. Yes. The the, the 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 annex itself is going to make a guideline on, on a PIC system and also test procedures. 
how they're, they're going to be uh, tested if you want to uh, uh, compare them. Bob, you have a question? Nope. Oh. Okay, I was wondering. We're coming, running down to the last few minutes, uh, Bjorn. In yeah. your opinion, what is what is the future for uh, personalized systems? No, I I I believe in that there is a uh, a future. All and, and the the thing we add now is really to bring it from. Uh, uh, a research environment uh, into uh, commercial products. As I said, there are some products uh, on the market you can call personal environmental control system. But I think if it, there, there is a need for, for a system which can uh, really deal with all the four environmental uh, parameters. Um, so, so there is a need for some more a guidance on how, how do you integrate a personalized system with the general environmental system you have. Uh, except when we are talking about residential building, then offices, they also have a general system. So, uh, and the idea is here that you can scale down on the general system, but how much? Because that's important when we talk about energy. If you want to show, if you have a personalized system, we can reduce the amount of air. Uh, we don't have to heat and cool so much the, the ambient, but we need to know how much. So there's some, especially design guideline is needed. And then is the case, um, can we provide any cooling in uh, besides uh, the cooling you get by increased air velocity. Maybe the increased air velocity could be enough. Um, so should it always have a desk fan? Or is it so you can make the outlet where you have fresh air, you can change uh, from getting fresh air. In another case, you just change it to a like it is a desk fan. Uh, and these are, uh, 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 and and how much, how good can you work with uh, using air cleaning and filtration instead of getting directly outside air? Uh, because that then it's easier to apply in practice. And and this step from getting from the, let's say, research systems to more practice uh, is something which we'll also work on in this annex, but that's something where you need to get industry involved and, and have a project with industry, how it can be implemented. So I think, and especially now, we talked about this with the pandemic, uh, risk of cross-contamination. Uh, I mean, all data we have show people have higher productivity uh, using a personalized system. They feel better comfort. All goes in the positive, but we need to get it commercialized. Yeah, I think that is the next step. Uh, one last question. Do you, do you anticipate that this will be more of a new construction type of uh, uh, innovation? Or do you, you think that you can do some retro uh, design on buildings that are currently existing? I, I think there's something you can uh, put into uh, uh, existing buildings. 
uh, especially because if we can make it uh, autonomous, uh, so so you you have an, a unit, you just hook up electricity, and and, and that's what you're doing. Then then uh, definitely think uh, it has a potential uh, for uh, renovation uh, also. Right. the The tricky part would be the outside air, right? You know, yes. being able to retrofit with that. So, yes. but maybe maybe the more standalone units that use, you know, sorbent gas phase filtration. That yes. Because you know, then you then you eliminate all that ducting from a centralized location. Yeah. I mean, you could have. You could have uh, these sorbent air cleaners. Uh, they of course have to be regenerated. But if you had a unit, you could just hook up, and then after one each week, uh, they have to be regenerated. Mm -hmm. The next Monday, you have a fresh one. I think there are potential, there are possible solutions, which I think can make it more applicable in practice. Sounds great. Well, it's certainly been an interesting hour discussing this, and uh, I know that. Uh... AIVC, which is, uh, for those who don't know, is the Air Infiltration Ventilation uh, Center, is holding a, a webinar sometime between now and, and the end of the year on this subject, which you'll be a part of, Bjorn. And so I want to thank them also for sponsoring this particular session uh, for, uh, for this uh, topic. And uh, I you know, thank uh, Bjorn for being here. So back to you, Bob. So, um, yeah, so we'll be back again next month. You know, we're, we're, we we never go away, I guess. Isn't that that's kind of the way it is, right? You know, we're, we're, we're always here. But we'll be back next month with uh, with another show. We come out with, uh, you know, one a month typically. And, um, again, this this uh, this program, of course, is a joint collaboration between the uh, ISIAC, American, uh, excuse me, International Society of Indoor Air Quality and Climate, and the Indoor Environmental Quality Global Alliance. Uh, IEQGA. Um, so we're able to, you know, bring you the show, uh, you know, via the, via all the efforts on these two organizations. So uh, until next time, I guess uh, I'm Bob Krell, uh, founder and publisher of Healthy Indoors. And for my co-host, uh, Don Weeks, uh, who is the president of IEQGA, we thank you very much. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you again soon.